Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today's guests are physio Bradley Skeynes, who's here to discuss uh, diminished training load, running in isolation and how to approach running races. Plus, I spoke to Kevin Betts from virtual run uh, club Run Things about how clubs like his are helping to offer runners a sense of community during the current crisis. Oh, good stuff. Um, how are you, Rick? I'm feeling happy and energised, Ben, and do you know why? I don't. Because I've just done the uh, Joe Wicks PE class, 9am oh, this yes. morning. <laughs> um, fair play to Joe Wicks. You know, he's yeah. providing an amazing service, isn't he, during difficult times. And it's, you know, I think actually the exercises that, that he is suggesting are, are really good fun. There was one this morning called uh, the Kangaroo Hops, which is sort of sideways jumping. Which actually was, I think, if you if you were sort of you know a child of of any age, was a was a good laugh. Yeah, I mean, I think that previous to everyone being in isolation and the sort of lockdown mentality, I think it was it was happening and it was it was going under the radar a bit because there's an abundance of stuff that people could just do, and I kind of think that he you know he was doing great stuff with getting kids moving, and I think that was phenomenal. I mean, you know, what he's done is has been phenomenal with that, but um, it was kind of almost a bit like he was. I don't know, kind of almost like a Jamie Oliver doing well, try like doing like doing a bit of social good, but kind of like also everyone was a bit like, yeah, sure, whatever. Now, savior, savior of the population, <laughs> getting everyone moving. Yeah, you, you're right. He's, he's sort of he's risen to the the challenge, isn't he? One thing I would say, mate, just my only minor complaint, and I say he's doing a great job. He's he's very into talking about the amount of listen, the, the amount of viewers he wants to get. So he's like, this morning he was like. Are we going to get a million? Are we going to get a million? And like a lot of a lot of a lot of chat around that. And I thought, can you imagine? If, can you imagine if we did that? Imagine if we were like, look, last week, you know, we had say four listens last week. <laughs> Go know. on, eight. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be amazing, Ben, if we could just get five listeners? I mean, it's sort of, it's kind of that's that's a kind of marketing chat, isn't it? It's not interesting no, content. I, yeah, I wouldn't no, say. No, it's true. I, th I think that, that the thing is, he's probably now. I know that YouTube views and like you get like some videos have got an ex extraordinary number of views. So you kind of like it pales in comparison if you're sort of talking about like a music video, which has a billion watches or something, you know. Mm. But I guess like what having knowing that you've had a million views of an exercise video. I mean, that's also TV numbers, isn't it? Like there's t probably TV shows that go out that do worse than that. So I kind of I can see where I mean, yeah, obviously it just sounds like he's promoting like his own show, which is all well and good. But I kind of, it is quite, I think it's quite a nice, I guess if he, if he asks for more numbers, it means more people are doing it. 
yes, that's true. That's true. And like I say, I think it's 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 an amazing um, thing he's offering. And yeah, it's it's free, isn't it? Free to do. Um, how are you, Ben? Um, rumours are that you could be seen using a foam roller in ways that, I mean, almost defy the imagination. Logic. <laughs> Logic, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, Rick, I think that in these in these testing times, it really forces us all to adapt and survive. Um, and so, yeah, I was um, I was I was I was uh, thinking upon. Well, I was actually was just having a good old fashioned foam roll. And uh, and then I can't remember how it came about. I think I was just I started doing a sit up holding it or something. And I went, hey, there's 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 room to improve on this. So, yeah, I had a think and. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, head over to the um, Runners World UK Instagram account, and there's a there's nine moves using a foam roller which don't involve rolling around on it. It's just a, well, maybe one. It's of incredible. Them is, I think but, you, you know. you've turned foam rolling on its head. You're you're a pioneer. <laughs> well, that's, you're an absolute pioneer. It's good to know. But you know, it's it's interesting. I think this is the the thing that like there's so much. You sort of get stuck in a loop of of what you can do mm. and what your exercise should be and all that sort of stuff when. You know, there's there's tools and stuff that we all have as runners, and I think the foam roller was was why it was a good one to to choose because it's kind of something that everyone has normally as a runner. But you know, like and we'll be doing some more. We're going to do ones on with just resistance bands and stuff like that. But you know, the household chair, the humble household chair. I'm sure there's thousands of exercises we can do with that. So we'll we'll look into it. Sounds good. Well, um, I was listening uh, to the Today program today. Uh, on Radio 4, and there was a chat. But it discussed, only about five minutes, but it talked about the growing tension between joggers and dog walkers. And um, Justin Webb, the presenter, said, uh, and this, this is a quote, he said, anyone who's been to a park recently, and that's more people than usual, of course, will know that there's a tension building up in parks across the country between joggers and dog walkers. Uh, joggers are being accused of being unhygienic, coming too close as they pound the paths, and dog walkers are perhaps um, often in the way and maybe even out more than once a day as well and um right. they had they had bella mackie uh, on who's obviously been on the podcast um and the actor uh, peter egan was on as well um but bella was but i think bella made the point that, that i'd like to make where she said you know despite being a runner herself she said, the, the onus is on the runner to be extra considerate in in kind of confined spaces like parks um and importantly like if we all lost the right to go running at the minute because of some inconsiderate people that would be a real shame and i think that that's it isn't it it feels like a massive own goal for running some of this like more people are running probably than ever now and yet there's just some people just not really being considerate to other path users i i, do, I really do think the onus is on runners to to move really because we're just we're, we're probably more mobile than other people using the park it's just e- it's easier to move as a runner as well isn't it than if you've got like a, a pram or something even if you're not even if you think that the, the person that you're approaching or going past is, is just as mobile you're the one moving at pace yes so the onus is on you to get out, move two meters to either side, and and like I don't know, adhering to a path, like just go on the grass, or you know, d- even just don't run, take yourself out of that situation and run, you know, diagonally across the space yeah. where no one is. I think that you know, it's it, it's all it's all the extra steps that might seem daft, and now is now is the daft time to do it. Yeah, hundred percent. I think if you if you're causing panic in other people, even if some of that panic might be. You know, you you might be close to being two meters apart, and someone overreacts. And I think there is a bit of that going on as well. I, I just think we we've all got to be um, extra considerate right now, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I think that even if you think people are overreacting, then if ever there was a time that you should mm. allow that overreaction, it is now. Agreed. And it's it's a minority, isn't it? But um, 
Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, interestingly, I've uh, I've I've taken a, a different route, so to speak. So my, my take on this is like parks will always be nice, Ben. Right, like you know, yeah. Victoria Park will always be a lovely place to run in. Parks across the country, they'll always be nice. Um, my local park, Brockwell, is like a, a runner's paradise all year round. But I think the more imaginative runner doesn't go in the parks at the minute because during the current crisis, lots of places that aren't runner friendly are coming into their own. Take, for example, the South Circular, where I was running yesterday. (laughs) So I was like, this is normally like just like clogged with traffic. And I'm not I'm not I'm not saying go and run in the middle of the road. I'm not talking a bit like on the kind of broken white line here. I'm talking about pavement. Good. This is actually an amazing road. It feels kind of like, wow, it's not, I've, I've got all, this road almost to myself. It's normally terrible to run along. But in the current crisis, these places are coming into their own. You know, head for the A roads, Ben. That's what I say. Well, the major issue with running on a road like that would be pollution and obviously mm. it being disgusting to run along. That wasn't a problem. No, I'll, I'd be interested to know what the air pollution stats are, but it's probably one of the few positives that have come out of um, of this is that air pollution levels have, have gone right down. But... um. Yeah, lots of places that aren't normally runner-friendly. Go out and explore them because actually the window opportunity to do so is is slim and the, and the parks will be there waiting for you when, when this um, when this is over. Um, we did have a letter actually from a reader. Um, again, and unfortunately, we this isn't about slating runners. Obviously, we're, we're super pro running, but um, I think we've got to own it when people are doing stuff wrong. And she said that, um, this is from Amy McLaughlin from Richmond. Uh, and she says, I am not a runner myself and normally have no issues with runners, but have been mortified in the current times of crisis. The number of runners I've seen spitting or blowing snot onto the side of the road as they run. Um, I understand that these are habits that for some runners are hard to break, but I have an elderly parent who's in the vulnerable list. And I'm sure that you also know someone who is in the same vulnerable position. Um, how difficult uh, can it be to carry uh, some tissues and spit or blow your nose into those rather than on the pavement yeah again like this is obvious isn't it but um spitting's a pretty horrible habit anyway but particularly now coughing and sneezing and spitting whilst out running it's given us all a bad name yeah and that's i think she, you know amy in her letter is 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 that it's a habit and people may may be doing it just as a as a, as a knee-jerk reaction so you know well I, I would say i would sort of momentarily forgive someone who did it just out of like habit per se but yes i think that it's more about a mindset it's more about um when you go out on that run you need to kind of almost switch on a a checklist of things in your head that are are now acceptable and not acceptable because you do you do default like it's super easy like you this is you've been running for say you've been running for 20 years or something like that this is the first time ever that you've had to change what you're doing probably to this degree so to sort of 20 years of habit to suddenly go actually i need to not be i need to be super aware of my people's proximity and i need to not spit that bit of phlegm out or you know whatever it is or you know not um not just uh be ambivalent towards everything else and i you know i think that's maybe that's you know a checklist out just as you leave the door just to sort of remind yourself of what's going on yeah and i think actually we can just go through some of that checklist now that there's a piece in one as well isn't there mm. about exercise but yeah some some kind of etiquette points is stay at least two meters from other park users if you don't know what two meters is and you're a football fan it's the exact height of peter crouch so if you can imagine being a peter crouch away from other path users that's a good way of looking at it um this this isn't from um sort of the government but i really do think the onus is on runners to move out of the way i think we are we're moving at a quicker speed we're probably more mobile than lots of other path users let's just do the decent thing and move out of the way yeah um 
also we've had amazing weather, Ben, haven't we? Like, yeah. it's not hard to go on the grass at the minute. No. It's not like, oh, you know, it's, it's ankle deep mud. It's, it's not, is it? No. It's, it's very, very fine uh, and easy to do. Please don't spit or drop litter, obviously. Um, also, there, there is, if you want, if you, if you feel like you need to exercise um, more than once a day and you have a garden, I think that that make use of that space for, for exercise and fresh air and, and also i mean that, that might be enough on certain days for you not to have, for not have the need to go out at all if you've got a nice garden well yeah i mean obviously the final one but what i'll interrupt you is, is is take hygiene precautions when you're outside so wash your hands as soon as you get back indoors and that's super crucial in terms of stopping the spread but i think another thing to touch upon is that you know the government has stipulated that people are allowed out to exercise but that doesn't mean you have to go out to exercise now, I think that sort of runners will probably say, and, and I would be part of that and be like, well, actually, you know, the physical act of moving outside is what, you know, is keeping us all probably fairly sane right now. But uh, as you know, as uh, you don't have to, you know, being outside and doing a little hit exercise class in your garden, if you have the space, it's pretty good. You know, I'm, 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 I'd say that I'm, I'm slowly but surely becoming a bit of a convert to that. And I think as, as things ramp up in terms of, um, you know controlling the spread and things like that it's probably worth everyone considering that a bit more yeah agreed mate agreed i mean i guess the the flip side of all this is that it is great isn't it on some levels to see um to see our parks being used there's probably a lot of people who are coming into running actually during this period who haven't run perhaps ever or or certainly haven't run for a while and actually people being introduced to the mental and physical benefits of aerobic exercise that that all that stuff is all that stuff is fantastic and and it and i think this has been a reminder of like how important physical exercise is uh for people and people coming out of the gyms and into the parks i think that's there's lots of positives there it's just about being considerate as to how you as to how you do it isn't it i think tell you what ben should we welcome our first guest of the week oh a two-parter yes please oh yes please guest of the week Sometimes on the phone Could be an athlete Could be a physio Or a complete unknown Welcome to the Runners World Podcast, Bradley. Thanks so much for, for joining us. Um, maybe if you, you will, we'll leave you to give yourself your own introduction this time. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's fine. Thank, thanks for having me, first and, uh, first and foremost. Um, I am a physiotherapist by background. Um, currently working uh, mainly in Formula One racing, um, but also with Team GB and in private practice as well. Um, spent many years working in physio now, um, sort of working through hospitals and various different sports teams, um, and um, into into what I'm doing. What I'm doing now, um, I'm a, a big runner by a hobby as well. Um, and uh, um, sort of work with with, uh, with many runners and triathletes um, through uh, through my private practice um, too. Um, so yeah, I guess that's uh, that's where I am now. Yeah, you're you're a keen marathon runner, right? Uh, yes, yep, done uh, a fair few marathons over the, the last few years. And how 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 is your own personal running going during this time? 
Um, it's uh, I, I've actually got more time uh, more time to run these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, norm, normally, uh, I'd be spree- squeezing a run in before work or uh, after work, but um, uh, in these uh, uh, strange and, and unfortunate times, um, I'm spending a lot more time at home and. Uh, uh, away from the sort of normal work I would be doing, um, and uh, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of time to run. So actually, uh, my my wife has been telling me to uh, to take a rest day, um, which uh, um, I, I've been giving the advice out enough, but maybe not taking it uh, <laughs> as much as I should <laughs> myself. <laughs> the people you've been working with, um, Bradley, like the, the the runners that you work with, do you, do you get a sense that a lot of them are anxious that lots of their kind of hard won fitness is going is about to sort of fall by the wayside and and, and what is your um advice around that yeah i think um i think first and foremost a lot of runners are very disappointed um uh, obviously you, you you build for many months to to get to to one point um i, I get the feeling that it, it wasn't so much their fitness that they they were worried about in losing um because i think a lot of people have got plenty of time at the moment to to be doing some running as as long as we're allowed out for for our exercise each day um they they can keep that up um but yeah i think it was more the you know i'm really ready for this race am i going to be able to get ready for this again um Mm. both from a physical and and a mental perspective um uh, I think we underestimate sometimes the the mental component of that as well, um, and, and taking that away from people. And um, for both seasoned runners and, and also sort of new runners to to the marathon and, and those that raise a lot of money for charity, uh, that mental preparation to to peak at one point, which is then taken away, can can be a huge blow. And, and a lot of people struggle to find the motivation to do that again. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've 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 spoken to a few people now who, um, yeah, a, a sort of the, the the sense of loss is is very real in terms of uh, the build up is the, the race day is the sort of accumulation of lots of effort, and I feel like that people, uh, yeah, they they are worried about about form dropping off, and we'll discuss that. But yeah, it's definitely the the, the missed opportunity to to sort of prove yourself. I think is what people are, are kind of coming to terms with. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice way, nice way to put it, actually. Yeah, but um, yeah, you, you you get that sense a little bit more than that, um, sort of the, the the physical component at the at the minute, and 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 of course, if if people do stop training, then um, that that's the other risk. So that kind of mental side can can lead to demotivation and uh, and people just saying, oh, I've got nothing to to work for now, um, and and knocking it on the head. Then, um, then it might take a little bit of. Uh, a little bit longer to to bounce back for some people well is there a sort of a curve now that uh you know to talk about more curves but is there a curve now that can that that, that will people see you know after sort of say 16 12 weeks of of effort the curve to drop off in fitness and form it it is it, it, it won't be that quick for people i'm trying to sort of reassure basically but you know physical fitness doesn't diminish that rapidly no for sure um i I think um, if, if we take some of the, the, the science, some of the literature that we've got, 
Um, you're looking at around um, 30 days before you really um, start to lose any aerobic capacity. Um, of course, that'll be different for, for everybody. So those with a um, stronger um, sort of running background uh, will lose it a lot slower. Um, and, and those that haven't been doing it for very long will lose it a little bit quicker. Um, but even even in those first sort of 30 days, you, you're only looking maybe 4 to 10, 12 percent of, of loss of something like VO2 max. Um, and then beyond there, it will it will get a little bit quicker, but it's still not not drastic. Um, so even if you stop training today, um, you're probably good for about 30 days. Well, that, that, I mean, so that's reassuring, especially as um, people are still able to, to get out and train. So that means that, you know, that, that drop off hopefully won't be significant. Um, is, there, is there a best use of time that we have now that people can, to runners in particular, can, can you know, is there uh, the limited time that people have? Is there a best way to go about doing it? Is it just to go running or is this, a, is this an opportunity for everyone to sort of mix it up a bit? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and, and I've said to a lot of people now, and it's almost similar to um, uh, the sort of post-season or off-season when, when we're working with some of our athletes, um, competition is, is gone. Um, so this is, this is the time when, and particularly from, from my physio background as well, when you can really get all those, all those niggles and all those injuries sorted um, and, and lay some really good foundations to almost bulletproof the body a little bit. Um, so my, my sort of first thoughts would be obviously keep, keep running. Um, I've said to a lot of people actually <clears throat> keep going through the cycle as you, as you would do. Um, so you'd be, you'd be hitting, uh, particularly if we we're, we were aiming for those sort of, uh, um, spring marathons like London, um, stick, stick to your program, um, taper down a little bit. Your body's been working hard for, for the last, 12 to 16 weeks it's due that taper down it's due that bit of recovery um and then you can shift into your next cycle for for summer and and autumn marathons um so so, so keep running um use the time to to get rid of any niggles or injuries that you you have um or have had um and then really lay the foundations for them not to come back when you do go back to training um, and then if you're not a runner and, and I know many people, <laughs> um, don't do this, but if you're not a runner that does, um, strength and conditioning, um, then start to have a play around with, with some of these, um, some of these themes, um, start bringing some S and C into your, into your program, work out kind of what you can do, what works for you, what you enjoy, um, and, and sort of almost plan to get it into your routine for when you come back to normal um we know that strength training reduces uh, overuse injury risk by up to 50 percent so for for runners in particular it's, it's it's a really important important component which i often find myself uh, uh banging the drum for yeah yeah i think a lot of a lot of runners uh it, it isn't something they kind of naturally get excited about if, if it was something new new to a runner and they're thinking about right i need to do a bit more s and c how often do you think you need to do it and what are some of the simple the simplest things that runners can do around that yeah sure so um 
uh, again, going to the, the research, the literature, um, it tells us the, the ideal amount is about twice a week. Um, that will give us enough stimulus to um, change muscle structure and give us that capacity and tolerance to, to the sort of load that is induced by running. Um, in terms of simple stuff, I mean, when we get to strengthening, no, no exercise is, is, is a bad exercise. And it is important for, for runners to find something that, that they can enjoy as well because mm, yeah. as you quite rightly said runners love to run and 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 often they run because they hate a gym environment or, or or don't like doing that sort of activity but um uh, for, for for those that are kind of beginners to the the whole snc program um there would normally be a period of um probably about four to six maybe eight weeks um of just getting a bit of baseline strength working simple things like um, body weight squats, lunges, calf raises, um, some bridging, working the key areas, your glutes, hamstrings, quads and calves. Um, and then from there, um, adding a bit of weight and, and, and increasing the resistance um, into um, some bigger movements. Um, we sort of, again, <clears throat> if we take from the literature what seems to work best um the the four key exercises appear to be um a squat a deadlift a lunge and a calf raise um and actually going increasing and getting heavier weights and you obviously have to build that baseline first but having heavier weights seems to give you most bang for your buck um i.e shorter workouts less time to work out um, during the week, um, but really nice improvements for for running. Mm. Um, and I think the final thing I'd say to, to sort of runners from there is, um, you know, it's not just about protecting from injury, which is really important because if you, you, you get injured, then you're not going to be able to train. Um, but there are um, percentage increases in economy of running as well. Um, so strength training does um, does make you quicker. Uh, and one of my physio colleagues was actually saying that the, one of the big differences between um, Kipchoge's um, first attempt at the sub two hour and his, his second attempt at the sub two hour, um, shoes aside, um, <laughs> he, uh, he he spent a lot more time going through a structured um, strength training program as well. Um, and, and I think that probably showed in terms of his, his fatigue um, and actually his economy of running. Um, particularly as you got to the second half of a race. I guess a lot of people are, are working from home at the minute, the vast majority of people, um, and that presents its own challenges, I guess, from a like, mobility perspective, maybe getting into sort of positions that aren't um, particularly useful for, for exercises like running. Um, what would you say uh, about that? And is, is there a way to kind of mitigate the impact of maybe being very stationary at the minute? For, for the vast majority of people, it's probably not too different. Um, obviously, office-based workers, maybe if they uh, used to have a bit of a walk um, into their commute, then it'd be important to, to keep that up. Um, for example, um, uh, my wife would normally get the train and then walk to the office. So at the end of the day, we go out for a little little walk as a, the kind of uh, commute home or away from home and back to home as it is now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, certainly those not um, not used to it need to uh, sort of make sure you know uh, they schedule um, 
uh, rest breaks in in their day to to get up and move around, have a stretch. Um, the, the the main thing we've we've sit in a lot more is um, um, sort of tightness in the hip flexors, tightness in the hamstrings, so and making sure those muscle groups um, are um, uh, focused on if it comes to sort of stretching or, or mobility work um, after the work day or, or during the lunch break. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it won't be um, too different to people who are used to office-based work um, and, and hopefully it'll give them a little bit more time without having uh, a commute um, or having to rush back to the desk during their lunch break to actually do a little bit more activity and, you know, maybe squeeze one of those S&C sessions into, in, into uh, the morning before work or, or into lunch break. Yeah, well, Rick was saying, which Rick was almost boasting to me earlier how much running he's doing at the moment. So you know, <laughs> an hour a day is more than I was more than I was doing previously. And I like you say, you, you save times and stuff like you know, there's no commute and there's no uh, and there's there's other stresses that are taken out of the day by by working from home. And so there there are some positives from a running perspective that you can that you can eke out of uh, the current situation. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and, and and Brad, I mean, you 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 talked about people tapering now and using the current uh, sort of cycle if they've been going through it, a training cycle and sticking to it. So um, how how would you sort of then advise? I mean, this is now predicting the future, but if people now were meant to be running a marathon in spring and it's been moved to autumn, and they may well have back to back races, how should they approach that block of training now? Yeah, for sure. Um, certainly, getting a couple of back to marathons in uh, in the autumn will be tough. Um, typically, it will take the body sort of two to three weeks to recover from from a marathon distance, um, both from uh, you know sort of the the musculoskeletal side of things, the the, the muscle recovery there, but also just things like yeah. Um, your immune system and, and your digestive system and, and, and those sort of things because uh, yeah. you go through that extreme of the effort um, they, they take some time to recover um, but of course it, it, it can be done um, and I think for, for people who are planning on doing that they, they need to really think about you know not having any break in, in their training over uh, over the year so obviously we need to cycle it so the, the 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 body doesn't get get worn out and we don't fall into overtraining um but following um sort of get your taper in now um have a couple of recovery weeks just to give your body some recovery from um from the last 16 16 weeks of training and, and, and as well as the, the physical side of things, give yourself that bit of mental rest as well. And I'm not saying don't don't run, but don't structure your running, you know. Mm. Um, one thing I love after uh, having trained for a marathon and run the marathon is to actually run without looking at my watch and, and not worrying about having to stick to a certain pace and, and actually just getting back to the uh the enjoyment of running again because uh, sometimes yeah. that can be lost when we're when we're so focused on to onto that training so spending a few weeks doing that but then shifting into um training mode again um, um so we'd be looking you know sort of middle of may end of may thinking about starting to train already for for the autumn marathons um and doing just a lot of slow slow steady mileage um we improve 
um, our aerobic capacity by increasing the number of mitochondria in the muscles. Um, and by to increase the number of mitochondria, we need to do sort of nice, slow, um, steady running um, to, to increase that muscle capacity to use oxygen. Um, and, and to do that, you've got to run more. Um, so and and so with two back-to-back -back marathons, you're going to have much less recovery time. Um, so you're going to have to have that stronger um, aerobic capacity to to be able to cope with that. Oh, I wanted to ask: Are you? Um, you talked about sort of uh, assessments while people are uh, sort of recovering and stuff like that. Are you are you offering online bits and pieces now? How does how does the physical world of physio work from the uh, remote working from home practice? Um, I think yeah, myself and um, pretty much every other physio in the country um, has shifted uh, completely to online uh, online appointments, mm. um, which is which is cool. It's a, it's a very new way of working um, for for a lot of physios. Um, I've been doing it a little while um, just because my travel demands with um, Formula One and Team GB are, are quite considerable. So yeah. for people to access me um, I've been doing it a while so that's that's, that's cool um, and actually uh, you know for people who are a little bit nervous or a little bit worried about how physio might look in the online realm um, you, you can pretty much do 90% of what you do in clinic um, in terms of the important stuff so you can you can still have a good assessment and a lot of what we do from a physio perspective what well, 80 they say the the subjective assessments so the the questioning side of things gives you 80 percent of your diagnosis basically so from us having a conversation prior to me even putting my hands on and having a look I, i'm going to know what's going on and then that kind of objective assessment where we're getting you to go through some movements we're testing your strength just kind of confirms it and and gives us those avenues of where where to work but again most of that can be done on video uh, if we wanted to look at your movement now and or assess your strength capacity for a calf raise let's say we we can do all of that um and then in terms of treatment and, and rehabilitation you can have a good rehab program all managed online or self-treatment techniques or taping again it can all be shown on uh, on video uh, stuff there so it's um it, it's a nice way for people to still be able to access some form of medical or physio support um and as we said earlier this this is the time to do it where we've got this hiatus of uh, of competition uh and no one needs to worry about being fit for a certain period of time you know you've got time to relax and and actually do your rehab well Brad, thank you so much for joining us that was really uh, really helpful and insightful and uh yeah keep well Stay, stay at home, save lives, all the important stuff. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Last week, I spoke with Kevin Betts, the co-founder of virtual running club Run Things. Uh, in the current climate, virtual clubs and events are offering runners a way to experience a community without having to meet up physically. I was interested to speak with Kevin about the club and the role it has to play during the current crisis. Kevin, thanks very much for making the time to speak with me. I'm much appreciated. Uh, it's, not, it's not a problem at all. It's an absolute pleasure. Great. Well, I want to talk about um, Run Things, the virtual running club that um, you and Claire founded, because it feels like at this time when more and more people are kind of self-isolating social distancing that these these virtual run clubs are going to come into their own a bit but for those people who don't know much about um virtual run clubs could you describe how would you define run things cool I, I think that's actually kind of two separate questions for me so first of all a virtual run club is um it's exactly the same as a physical one but with people potentially all around the world um so the run things run club has just about 500 members i think we're on 497 at last count um everywhere from uh from the uk to australia new york bermuda the lot and basically it's uh it's kind of in the past i think a, a virtual run club was about misfits you know people not needing or wanting to associate with a physical club not wanting to go to the sessions and, and feeling a little bit isolated and out there but now they've become these dynamic groups where people can sign up and know that they've got the full support of a standard running club because it brings all the same benefits, but without having to have the commitment and the rigidity of, of turning up to, you know, the track session on a Tuesday and the long run on a Sunday and that kind of thing. So there's there's more flexibility, I guess, there for people. I'm interested in why you would want to set it up in the first place. Okay, like what, what was the motivation for, for setting up Run Things? Well, run things kind of overall. So we we encompass um, the running club itself. We also have uh, some virtual running events, and specifically, run things as a business was set up to uh, encourage people who either have mental health issues or support people with mental health issues to make that link between physical and mental health. Um, and for both Claire and I, we both set the business up together. There's a massive, massive link between the two. Um, and, and we wanted to be able to to kind of create a safe space for people from wherever in the world, from whatever background, to come along to feel like they're a runner and part of a run club, um, whilst also kind of, you know, having that knowledge that they're not constantly having to turn up to places. Um, I, I think, you know, we really want to support people who uh, mentally, you know, might uh, have issues with anxiety or depression or um, you know, eating disorders, this whole range, this spectrum that mental health covers um, is kind of encompassed within our club. Are you doing anything sort of special during this this period where, where people are, are 
socialising less and are inside more? Yeah, we've had an awful lot of inquiries from an awful lot of people, actually. Um, I think people are obviously um, physically isolated, but also psychologically at the moment. They're, they're struggling to kind of, you know, grasp this concept that they might not be able to leave their houses soon. Um, and as a very minimum, they're having to avoid the public, you know, getting at least two metres away from people. Um, I ran yesterday and I ran outside because, ironically, the weather is absolutely gorgeous at the moment. Um, and I ran further than I usually do on my same route because I was weaving in and out of groups of people. Um, so we've had people get in touch saying, you know, are you still doing things? Um, what are you doing? How are you doing them? So we've put on a suite of different things. Um, and this isn't just for people in our running club either. Um, so we have some virtual runs um, and we were going to be having the runs anyway in April, but we've removed any charge at all now. So we want them to be accessible to absolutely everybody. Um, so we've got a month long challenge, month motivation challenge where you can select a target to run 50, 100, 150, 200 or 250 kilometers in the month. Um, and it all comes through the website at runthings.co.uk. And basically, um, if people run and they use Strava, they can link their Strava account and it will pull their data through and it puts them into a league table of other runners um, who are taking part in the event. So they see how they're doing. They'll be able to communicate by social media and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so that's the first thing we're doing. Um, we also realize that not everyone can run outside. Some people are actually isolating themselves. They don't want to go out. So we're, Monday to Friday, we're also putting on fitness classes um, at the moment, I'm doing them all myself. I'm getting bored of my own face, frankly. <laughs> so we are having some guest presenters come in as well. And 12.30, lunchtime, every day of the working week, um, we're putting on kind of a half an hour um, get fit. Um, you know, people in incorporating their kids now that they're homeschooling. So it's relevant for them as well. And people don't need any equipment at all for that. They can just rock up essentially put facebook live on um, and so long as they've got a little bit of space in their lounge or their garden they can take part in those as well it's great i mean i think with what run things does it it doesn't feel like some of these virtual clubs can feel like they're kind of they're commercial first and they're, but they're also about helping people run but i feel like with what you and claire have done it, it isn't it's actually about chiefly giving back and supporting people yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if we were commercial first, that business would be an utter failure. <laughs> if um, we've invested an awful lot of money, the club is completely not for profit. Um, run things as a business is a commercial venture, um, but but the commercial venture gives fifty percent of its profits to mental health charities, um, and the other fifty percent of the profits are pumped back into developing the community that we have. So the run club is heavily subsidised by the business. Um, anyone who joins Run Things Run Club, um, they pay £25 and we guarantee that £25 is their lifetime membership of our running club. Um, so they get a Run Club t-shirt, Run Club vest. And every year, the only fee that they would have to pay is if they want to be affiliated to um, England Athletics or UK Athletics um, and represent the club and get discount at races. But otherwise, for as long as they want to be a member of the club, once they've paid their fee, we do the rest for them. You know, we, we put on training sessions and meetups and all those sorts of things um, and any additional money that the club has each year we're reinvesting directly into the club so for instance um, we're having race angels um, coming into the club soon basically we understand that a lot of people who are associated with our club 
have anxiety, social anxieties, you know, they don't like crowds, they're scared of first time races. So the club have said, if we have the money available and people can make a claim, then we will pay for a friend of theirs to run the race with them, to reassure them the whole way round. So it's it's fully supportive. That's this is this whole club is completely to give back and to allow people who otherwise wouldn't feel comfortable in a running scenario be a part of it have you ever been part of a like traditional like physical running club and what were your impressions of that yeah i have i kind of i've always dabbled i guess so um i'm i'm a marathon runner um i've run quite a lot of marathons and i'm still targeting a sub three so i've done a three a 301 and i was so oh, close close kev yeah 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 and i it was at berlin a couple of years ago i'm still not over it and technically i did under three because on my watch 6.2 was 259 <laughs> but it doesn't that's not, that's not how it works kev that's not how it works oh i know <laughs> um so so yeah and i joined my local club which was um worthing harriers um and they were brilliant you know they were absolutely amazing great guys they went on regular runs and I got quicker and quicker for sure but kind of you know I had some uh, some issues in my personal life my marriage broke down and all of a sudden I couldn't go to the training sessions because I had childcare. Um, so we are not saying that people need to give up their physical running clubs you know it's it's another option um, and there have never been more options for people I guess and you know every club like if you can go to a physical one we fully recommend going but if you don't feel like you can or you don't want to or you're not comfortable doing it then there are virtual run clubs like ourselves like lonely goats like uk net runner you know we we're not here to say that ours is the club for you we're here to say that there are a lot of virtual run clubs out there for anyone yeah and it's, i really feel like these clubs can can help people in the current climate because it, it can feel it can feel quite oppressive can't it they're kind of being in a kind of lockdown situation and feeling like you haven't got a network that you can call upon. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've read some great stories, you know, there's the French guy the other day that ran a marathon on his balcony, (laughs) did laps of a seven meter balcony, you know. Um, And I think, you know, social media gets a lot of bad press a lot of the time and rightly so, because, you know, we have to be accountable for the things we say and do on it. But at the same time, you know, you imagine this scenario that we're in, this unprecedented lockdown, potentially inside our houses for X number of weeks or months. Imagine it 20 years ago when, you know, when WhatsApp and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all the things that younger people use that I don't know um, weren't weren't around. You know, people would have um, well, they have gone loopy. So these support networks are there. We're hearing stories. And actually, you know, there's there's a morale thing going on where people are going, hey, look at this. This has happened. This is great. You know, and our running club is doing exactly that. We've got this community of 500 people who are in the Facebook group, run things. Facebook groups got over 2000 people and people are just putting out there this kinds of stuff they're doing. Um, and that's not exclusive to running. And I think it's really good for keeping people buoyed. And making people realise that, you know, it's not just them that are in this situation. Um, I don't want to use the cliche that, you know, there's always someone worse off. But you kind of see some heartbreaking stories. You know, I've got very close people to me who work in the NHS. They're on the front line, you know, um, and it's daunting to say the least. And if we've got time, and you know, I'm effectively, I'm saving an hour and a half each day because I'm not able to commute to work. So I'm investing that hour and a half in doing extra fitness related stuff because that's what I know. And I think if anyone can use their expertise and get out there and offer those expertise wherever, 
And, you know, I'm going to be tapping up a friend of mine because he's a primary school teacher and I've got my six year old at home. Um, so we need to be able to kind of swap these skills that we've got. And, and that's basically that's all Run Things is. It's a vehicle for other people to do that. That's great. If people want to find out any any more about Run Things, Kev, where could they where could they go? So they could follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at We Are Run Things. Um, or they could go to the website www.runthings.co.uk. Um, they'll be able to look at um, you know the kinds of events that we offer. Biggest one is the run up to Christmas, which had 4,000 people taking part last year. Oh. Um, they'll be able to listen to our podcast, um, second only to your own, of course. <laughs> Um, and they'll be able to uh, you know, do various other bits and bobs and just become part of a community, I hope. Kev, that's great. Thanks very, very much for coming on the Runners World podcast and uh, best of luck with all the great things you're doing with Run Things. Thanks, Rick. Really appreciate it. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A big thanks to our guests, Bradley Skeins and Kevin Betts, and to you, of course, for listening. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes, and all of your favourite podcasts app. Just search Runners World UK podcast. Uh, please give us a review if you enjoyed it and uh, remember to tune in next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.